man. And that was our mentality going in. Like, it's not, we're just going to keep going until this thing happens. Like we're not, like you said, we're not owed anything. We got to earn it. We got to grind. We got to hustle. And that's just, you know, we just show up every day and we, we put on a great freaking show and that like, I write songs to play live. Like that's what I want to do is play live the rest of my life. Welcome to the Gary Scott Thomas Show. Here's what we know. The podcast with unexpected conversations. Listen each week as we engage in unscripted conversations where we'll be just as surprised as you will be with where the dialogue goes. So join us each week and be privy to the captivating conversations that are sure to ensue. Here's your host, Gary Scott Thomas. I'm going to tell you this. I had a conversation with somebody in the industry the other day, and I said, you know, I'm excited about this podcast because you know who's underrated? Russell Dickerson is underrated. She looks at me and she goes, I think you're right. How are you, Russell? You know what? I appreciate that because, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you, honestly. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's just that, you know, I think a lot of your songs, I think, uh, I think, I think as crazy as it sounds, I think yours is underrated. I think yours is going to be one of those songs we'll play 30 years from now. Right. And it's, it's, it's one of those kind of things. I'm always, I'm always fascinated by that. Who, who in your world do you think is underrated? I mean, music, and it doesn't have to be country. It can be country, it can be anybody. Who's some off the top of your head? And I'm not giving you time to think about it because here's my attitude. If you have to think about it, it really is not what you fit, what you really think. Right. Yeah. Uh, gee, I don't know, man. I mean, there's a guy, Bozzy, that I've been kind of, talking with his producers and stuff. I mean, it's, he, I feel like he's underrated. Um, but no, man, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. Hey, here's my thing. You know who's underrated? Bill Withers is underrated. Yeah. Bill Withers is way underrated. When, when's the last time yeah. you sang, you know, a lovely day and held that note? Uh-huh. That's all I'm saying. BJ Thomas is underrated. Okay. You know, Mavis Staples, believe it or not, I think is underrated. Yeah. You know who Mavis Staples is? You got a, you got a list going. Oh, this, these are the things in my head that I could just come, I could come up yeah. with songs. I think, uh, I think Victim of Love by the Eagles is underrated. Ooh. Yeah. Is there a song you think okay. that people just, you know, that, that you <laughs> think it never got its, it never got its due? Um, first one that comes to mind for me is 17 by Tim McGraw. Good choice. Right? Good choice. I can't be really gone from Tim McGraw is my underrated gem. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, if you haven't heard it, I go, like it. Go, go look it up. It's, 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 you know, and it's just heartbreaking. It's talking about losing your wife to, 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 you know, to cancer. Yeah. And it just will just wow. rip you to pieces. Mm-hmm. So I, I love, I love songs like, especially people who are a music nerd. And that's what I love about you is you're a, you're a rare athletic music nerd. You realize that, right? <laughs> a rare athletic music nerd. You know, yeah, I am, I guess. I, I be- just, uh, I mean, I never really played sports. I mean, I guess I did. I played like rec league. I never played like school. 
ball or anything because I was already as soon as I got to sixth grade I was I started playing drums and then that, it was just game over for me man. I was all music all the time dude you want to know what else is underrated this is Russ on YouTube is underrated dude right I'm telling you, as I've told anybody, you spend any time with Russell Dickerson and you see him on stage, that's when you fall in love with him. And I, watching This Is Russ, because I'm a subscriber, I get yeah. the biggest kick out of you and your band, and I love how much you love your wife. I, I'm telling you, it makes right? my heart soar. Dude, it is so underrated. Like, I, I'm astonished at the amount of views we don't get. <laughs> You know, it's like we put it out there, uh, bro. I mean, I've got like almost half a million followers on Instagram and blah, blah, blah. And then I go to This Is Russ on YouTube. It's got like 12 views. Oh, like what the hell? Well, and, and if you haven't looked it up, it's just fun. It's behind the scenes. It's what it's like. It's uh, you do a fine push up, by the way, Russ. Thank you. Thank you. What's I try your- to do as many. I try to do a couple a day. What's your workout schedule? Because here's the truth. I mean, thanks to Tim McGraw, you guys need to look good in tight pants and a white T-shirt. Exactly. Um, I mean, he he kind of taught me that as long as you do something, then you're going to be just fine. Because he doesn't like do like heavy lifting, but he does some high intensity stuff. But I just do like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday lift. Tuesday, Thursday, I try to do some kind of cardio, and then Saturday, do something fun, and then Sunday, I just rest. Had you have? Do you feel it's helped your voice at all? And I've, I've had this conversation with Tim McGraw. I've said, I've told him before, dude, I think you can hit notes now that you couldn't hit when you were thirty-five. Ooh. I mean, really, listen, listen to his range now. Go back and listen to some of his stuff earlier and tell me that his voice, especially the upper register, is not stronger. Yeah. I mean, it's got to have something to do with the cardio and the lung capacity and breath support and all that. I think Tim McGraw, that's another guy. As far as you want to talk underrated, and I know it's hard to say Tim McGraw is underrated, but dude, his ability to have a hit in the 90s, in the aughts, in the teens, and now the 20s. He's going on 40 years of being able to pick right. and produce a hit. That's right, man. I mean, kudos to the man. Like, touring with him was one of my biggest dreams come true uh, ever. And, and just, yeah, you're right, man. Like, I've been a fan since I could drive. And now here he is in the 20s in the twenties and he's just keep cranking them out. Do you have a 40 year plan? Absolutely. Really? Just keep freaking crushing. It. <laughs> what That's is- all I can do. That's all I can do every day. You know, you know, man, I love that about you. I love the fact that, that I, I was reading on your website that you were saying, you know, if this is just me going out and making 200 bucks and living in a Winnebago, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I think you have the same attitude that, that, that I had when I got into my industry. And my thought was this. The business does not owe me anything. Doesn't owe me anything. Yeah. And when it's done with me, it'll be done with me and I have to figure it out. But I don't go into it thinking, well, so am I a star yet? Right. Yeah. 
And I get the feeling that you kind of take the same attitude, that I'll just work as long as the business will let me work. Yeah, man. And that was our mentality going in. Like, it's not, we're just going to keep going until this thing happens. Like, we're not, like you said, we're not owed anything. We got to earn it. We got to grind. We got to hustle. And that's just, you know, we just show up every day and we, we put on a great freaking show. And that, like, I write songs to play live. Like, that's what I want to do is play live the rest of my life. And, and, and that's just, you know, we just, I put everything I have into these live shows because in 40 years, that's what I want to be doing is playing live shows, selling out stadiums, just like Garth is, you know, like he is, he's still out there doing it in his fifties or wherever, whatever he is. Sixties. And he, yeah, sixties. And so 30 years from now, I want to be, I want to be, so ingrained in country music that it's just like, oh, Russell Dickerson's playing a show, no question. The whole freaking town shows up. You were creating a lane for yourself, and that's the beautiful thing about it. You've had, you know, we'll give you the first hit. You know, the first hit is when people, yours comes out, knocks everybody's over, right? Because it's just such a great mm-hmm. song combined with the video. And the second hit, okay, well, we're interested. It's the third hit that makes a career, and you're well past the third hit. So you've got these songs. You better love singing them because you're going to sing them for the rest of your life. I know. Yeah, it is. Uh, and that's the thing, man, is there's so many, like, one-hit, like, kitschy, goofy songs, you know? And I'm like, I don't want to sing a song like that the rest of my life. And I just like, I want to sing yours. I want to sing meaningful songs that not just mean something to me, but mean something to other people too. You know, like seeing people, seeing couples out there dance, slow dancing and, you know, maybe, maybe kissing for the first time in a long time. You know, it's like that seeing that is so rewarding and just never gets old every single night. If you want to just, the the effect your music has on people, if you want to have a good cry sometimes, pull up God Gave Me a Girl and read the the comments, right? Yeah. That that, I don't know if you read that one guy where he's like, we've been married 22 years and my wife's had open heart surgery and I I heard this song driving home from the hospital and I just broke out and I can't wait to go see her. I'm I'm on my way now back up to the hospital. Wow. And, and, you know. Isn't that amazing? And and then, I mean, the ability of of music to reach people and for you mm-hmm. it's i would imagine sometimes it has to be overwhelming yeah i mean it it feels great honestly like it i'm not going to lie it's it's an amazing feeling but like i think that this is a is a product of me just being honest in my songwriting like it took me a while to figure that out like i don't have to get and try to tell some made up story that I think is going to connect with a bunch of people. Like if I just tell my story, then there's going to be millions of other people out there that most likely feel the same way. And that's just shown to be true. And that's, you know, that's what for me in songwriting, just that's what works for me. So as we record this, you just announced that your second child is going to be another boy. Yeah. How have fatherhood, because I, I have a 10 and a 13-year-old, but I didn't have my kids till later in life. And it mm-hmm. it changed me completely, completely. It yeah. changed me. What's it done really? for you so far? 
Oh man, well it it wore me out. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know this, but I'm mean, obviously it's all worth it. It's so fun. He's two and a half right now, and you know it definitely makes you shift your priorities a little bit of like. Like when I when I leave home to go write a song, or when I leave home to go on the road, it's like I'm gonna make every single freaking minute away from my family count. Because you know, if I'm just out here wasting time, then I'm wasting everybody's time. Like it's pointless. So you know, it's it's definitely lit a new fire under me to to you know every second I'm gone, put on the best performance possible to write the best song possible, so that I don't have to come back and rewrite songs or come back and, you know, not, not win over fans every night. So it's just, it's just a new perspective. That's a, that is an interesting phrase you just said. I'm going to take a quick break. Come back. Okay. This is the interesting phrase you said. I don't have to win over fans every night. Explain Mm -hmm. that. That is, that's brilliant. If you're looking for Western wear, you need to find Winchester Western wear at 1185 South Bascom Avenue in San Jose. You're not going to find the perfect outfit at the mall or the outlets. Come to the place with over 40 years of experience and all the top name brands like Ariat, Justin, Stetson, Tony Lama, and more. When you go to the great country shows at Shoreline, SAP, Club Rodeo, or Clola Shans, you'll be looking your best. From boots to hats to everything in between with a knowledgeable staff that'll make the entire experience a fun one. Find them online at WinchesterWW.com. That's WinchesterWW.com. Or put this in your maps. 1185 South Bascom Avenue in San Jose. Winchester Western Wear. They'll help you find a look you love. It's a new found, like, when you start out and nobody knows your name, you got to win over every single person in that crowd, you know, and, like, let them leave there that night. Like, oh, Russell Dickerson, dang. You know, but now it's like, they they buy tickets to come see me and it's more of like a we're all in this together kind of thing like i don't have to introduce myself and it's a it's a beautiful thing man there's definitely less pre- i mean there's less pressure in some ways and more pressure in others but it's just like i don't know it's just a it's a fun kind of ease off the pressure of not having to reintroduce myself every night Who's more intimidating to be in a room and work with? Ashley Gorley, Lori McKenna, or Dan Huff? Ooh. I would say at first it was Dan Huff. Cause, oh man, cause you know, he's just like, I'm in awe. Like I'm, I'm a huge Keith Urban fan. I'm a huge Rap Flash fan. And to know the records that he's made and, for him to, you know, to be having his input on my records and definitely, definitely an intimidating thing. Hmm. That and Dan Huff's an, an amazing producer, amazing guitarist. And oh yeah, and we've become we've become great buddies, you know, since since we first worked together. And it's just like you know, it's it's a cool it's a cool dynamic for him to to trust me now, you know, to be like, oh, you know. Like we can, we can disagree sometimes, but even, even still, you know, he respects my opinion. He respects my ear. And, uh, it's a, it's a really cool feeling to have such an incredible producer kind of give you their seal of approval. 
I uh, I had a singer tell me once that uh, their producer and his producer would fight, sometimes physically. And he goes, you want somebody who's as passionate about it as you are and is willing to stand up for it. And it's like, you know, for yep. those of us who are not in it, you don't realize the disagreements. And sometimes the mm-hmm. disagreements are way more important than the agreements, huh? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then I agree, you know, like me, me and my, one of my producers, Casey Brown, like we were in college together. We, you know, all have the same friend group. Like we're like, we're like family. And, you know, we get, we get heated sometimes we get into it, but it's like, you know, I know he cares and he knows I care. And we're both just trying to make the best song, the best record possible. Um, but yeah, man, I would, I would much rather have a passionate, you know, partner than than just somebody who's like yeah okay whatever you think like i like i like the pushback because that then that makes me question is this the best decision is this the best route for the song have you got enough courage like when you're riding with ashley gorley to look at him and go that's not good oh yeah absolutely really <laughs> you know yeah oh yeah i mean we just we just wrote we wrote all week this week with ashley and um yeah, man. It's like, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll give his opinion. And, you know, I know he has 65 number ones, but you know, I got, I got a couple too. And I, you know, it's, it's, I got to sing the song every night. That's where, that's where my opinion I feel like comes in is like, sure. Like we can say that, but that doesn't get me as excited to sing or even record this song as, you know, I'm not trying to pull a trump card here. I'm just saying like, this is a line that I think would be that I would, I would love to sing that every night. I'm like, all right, we get it. You know, isn't it fascinating, y'all? Isn't it fascinating? Isn't it just fascinating here? Cause, cause the creative process is something none of us, well, I shouldn't say none of us. Most of us have no idea what actually goes on. And, and it really is a lot messier than we think it is. It leads to something beautiful. Oh. Yes. But, but dude, I mean, yeah, songwriting. Some days, some days are easy. Some days are so fun. Some days are great. But dude, a lot of times you're just in the trenches, and they're like, it doesn't feel. It's not fun, you know. Like you got to dig your way. You like, you know, you have to like build your own bridge to Hitsville every single time. You know what I mean? <laughs> what What a great line, man! You're full of them today. You've got to build your own bridge to Hitsville because you do. I mean, at the end of the yeah. day, it really does fall on you, no matter who you've got around it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you're up on stage. You're the people, you, you know, you're the ones who have to to bomb with people enough to go, man, I love that stuff. I love that guy. And I'm going to go listen to his stuff and I'm going to trust whatever comes out. And I know I may not like everything, but I'm going to like the way he does it. Yeah, man. Yeah. And that's that's another, you know, I'm I see the fans every night. And I see what they react to. And, you know, we had a song called Fierce to the Summer that I love. And I was like, do we have to play this song on tour? And we played it on tour and it just fell flat, you know, just straight up. There's no, no ifs, ands, or buts. It's just like the song that I love, I think it's a hit, but it just kind of fell flat with the crowd. And maybe the record was too new or I don't know, whatever. And we were like, all right, well, we played it. We played it for. One weekend, we played three shows. Didn't none of them were kind of better than the other, so we just pull it out of the set and pop something else in there and try it out. So it's just like 
you that's what I like gauge off of and and you know songwriters don't really get to see that unless they come out on the road and write see now that's an interesting decision to make uh whether when you pull it out because you feel like it's flat I, I guess the other way to go would let's just keep playing this and see if we can build up a reaction huh oh yeah I mean if it's like a if it's like a potential single or gonna you know something like that I'll be like like that's what we did with Blue Tacoma for years before I even had a record deal was like, you know, this song's called Blue Tacoma. I'm going to teach it to you. It goes like this, Blue Tacoma, California, you know? And like, I would, I would like ingrain that in their mind so that they remember that hook. And then when they leave that night, they're going to go look up that song. By the way, I love the paradiddles on the drums. Well the done. Yeah. yeah, I've sat back yeah, and watched man. it. And I'm like thinking, did you just play drums or did you march with them? Oh, I marched, man. I I was so hardcore marching band. It like, I mean, like me and my buddies would hang out and just like drum together. Like it was, I mean, because like our life was drumming, man. Like we, every single day after school, like we worked harder than the football team by far. Like. We work every single day after school. All the sports team were long gone. The sun was going down. We were out there on that field running drills, running the show. I mean, and then, you know, then we've got weekend. We traveled every weekend to do competitions. And like our band was like really good. So we had to, we had to like travel every weekend, competitions everywhere. And it was, it was amazing. Like, we were so close. Like we were such a tight knit group and, uh, it was cool, man. It was a, it was a good, good memory. Dude, you're talking to an old marching band geek here. I, I was drum major. Yeah. I didn't even march drum and bugle corps. How about that stuff? Oh, you, with who? Uh, I marched with the guardsmen and, uh, also okay. from when they were still in existence, Southwind from Montgomery, Alabama. Southwind. Yeah. So yeah, I was, I, awesome, yeah, I, I love when I saw you, when I saw you doing the drum exercise, I'm like, there's no way that, cause that's not the way a guy sit behind a kit holds the sticks and drums. That's somebody who's right. been out there doing it and marching it while they're doing it, you know, cause you've got to yeah. have everything yeah. steady, everything in front of you. And it's just so flipping cool. You know what the coolest things I ever saw? Remember that Keith Urban song, I told you so. When he uh -huh. remember that boom, chicka, 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 boom, chicka. when he did it out here in San Jose, he had called the Santa Clara Vanguard and asked if their drum corps oh. would come and do it. So when he did yeah, the stage, yeah, they yeah. walk out on stage and they're boom, chicka, 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 boom. and it was so mm -hmm. awesome, so good. It was oh, legendary, you know. And that's the thing. I okay. When you're in the band, here's the rate of sexy. Mm -hmm. Here's the rate of sexy. If you're a guy in the band. Drummers are number one, and then there's mm -hmm. nobody at number two. Trumpets come in at number three. Then you can go trombones. The last guy is 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 whoever is playing clarinet or tuba. Those are that's where the sexy about, comes in. But drummers, I was about to say, yeah, drummers <laughs> yeah. are uh, are they are the they are the they are the alpha predator when it comes to 100%. sexy in a band. I mean, dude, we we let well. First of all, we're the we're the rhythm section, so everybody's listening to us for timing and everything. And then, but dude, I mean, like if we messed up, we, our drums were off. We were doing push ups. We were running laps. Like we we definitely set the example in for the whole band to like 
take this thing to a whole new level. Like we're again, man, like I know my wife doesn't understand it even like it was so hardcore and like on such an elite level that it like, it was dope. Like seeing what we pulled off, like I still can't believe like I remembered all that music and remembered all my markers to hit on the field and backwards, forwards, left, right all while playing with eight other snare drums, like it just is crazy. Well, that's the thing because drums drums move as a unit where the rest of the band, Mm -hmm. for all of you who aren't band geeks, the rest of the bands are all moving around and you kind of move on your own schedule, right? So, okay, Mm -hmm. I need you to go 10 yards that way and I need you to go 15 yards that way and I need you to go this way and then come back on that. But the cool thing is drums are one cohesive unit. So they move mm-hmm. around, like just take a big block of wood and, and they're doing yeah. all of that and they're drumming and you're doing nonstop cardio. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah, how man, you end like, up looking like Russell Dickerson. <laughs> right. Marching band is the secret. <laughs> all right. So any of you drum and bugle corps out there listening, when you do your shows, Check to see if Russell Dickerson's in town and come out and play a little set with you. Oh, absolutely, man. That, that sounds so awesome. I mean, I used to play Marching Snare in my show. Like when we were on tour with Thomas Rhett, I used to kick off a song and just, you know, play a little, have a Marching Snare, play a little thing back and forth with the drummer. It was cool, man. You know, it all changes, though, when you get on a stage because, I mean, the drummers are something, but it's the guy with the guitar and the piano. That's that's where the sexy levels are there when it comes right. on stage, yeah. right? You yeah. sat down at a uh-huh. piano, and all of a sudden, even Elton John gets sexy. I mean, think about Elton John. If you met Elton John in just, you know, back in the 70s or 80s, and you met him at Hot Dog on a Stick, you wouldn't go, damn, Elton John. But you put Elton John behind mm-hmm. a piano, boom, sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, piano made Barry Manilow sexy. That's amazing. You ain't wrong. Dude, I you have been so generous for your time. I'd love to do this again, so I don't want to sp- use up all your time. You've been more than generous already, but I would love to do this again. And I am so thrilled for you. And y'all, check out This Is Russ on YouTube. You will end up loving this guy even more than you already do. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you for taking the time, buddy. Russell, anytime, and uh, I hope we get to do it again, my friend. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe, download a few more episodes, and please leave a review. Reviews really help us get this out to more people like you. Also, we'd love to hear what your favorite part was. Be sure to join us on social media to engage in even more unexpected conversations. Until next time. Until next time.